This is the Christian Circle podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. Welcome to a new episode of the Christian Circle podcast. This is episode 99. Today we have two very special guests. Yes, two of them. We have the authors Deborah Davis and Kelsey Johnson talking about their book The Caregiver's Companion and all the things that you need to know about being a caregiver. So, Deborah and Kelly, tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry. Certainly. This is Dove. Hi, everyone. And thank you so much for having us. Um, so my caregiving story, I'll start by sharing. Uh, I'm a nurse, actually, by training. And when I stepped into my role as a caregiver, uh, caring for my mother-in-law, I thought it was going to be a snap, truly. Uh, I'm a nurse, right? I can do this. However, what I didn't realize and wasn't prepared for was the fact that um, while clinically I could do all the tasks that I was being, you know, charged with emotionally and spiritually, I did not expect the amount of depletion that I experienced. And it was that experience in caring for my mother-in-law after she passed, realizing the impact that had on me. I actually ended up clinically depressed, which I would never have imagined. Um, I went to my local church and that's where I met Kelly. I went there because I was looking for a way to help other caregivers who, if they weren't a nurse like me, even if they were, we could somehow find a way to help them, to spiritually nourish them. And that's how I met Kelly. And I work um, as the adult voice coordinator at our parish. So when Deb came and said, I'd really like to help others by doing a workshop and uh, on caregiving and that fit in with a end of life type of workshop that I had recently done. So I thought, great, that'll be perfect. We realized though, that a workshop wasn't enough, that the needs of caregivers was something that we as church needed to address and from more than just a one and done type of mm-hmm. offering. So we decided, well, let's make this an ongoing ministry and looked, I thought, okay, I order speakers and Bible study materials and all sorts of things. I'm sure I'll just order something for caregivers, um, only to find out that there really wasn't anything. Um, In terms of there's plenty of support and support group materials for caregivers, but nothing that's based on our faith. And so that's where Deb and I looked at each other and decided to go ahead and create a ministry that um, would be able to to support caregivers practically, emotionally, and spiritually, looking at that whole person care for people. That's great. And and, and you're right, there's actually not, not a lot of material at all for caregivers. Um, and that's how I came across your book, because mm-hmm. caregiving seems to be like uh, three different phases, the new people, the people who have been in it very long, and the people who are just in the middle who are, you know, struggling. And it can be very difficult. So what should somebody who is new to caregiving keep in mind when they experience this role for the first time? Yeah, it's funny. You say that there's kind of the th- three distinct roles and abs- you know, absolutely that people fall in all of that. And, and oftentimes it's funny that a new caregiver won't even recognize that they are a caregiver. You know, they just think that they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing, that they're, you know, just being a good daughter or a good spouse or a good parent. Um but so oftentimes that kind of caregiving role kind of creeps up on us a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, if you're thinking about it, 
that recognize and, and embrace your caregiving, so to speak, and and go ahead and acknowledge it and 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 allow yourself to acknowledge the the yays and the you know the good things about it and the, also to be real honest about the wow, this is taking more than I thought, or I'm having to do a lot of caregiving instead of doing these other things that I thought I would be doing. Um, because then that allows you to begin to also see how there are are those good moments and there are those blessings and those are those graces that you can have if, if you really are honest about the way in which your life is beginning to change as you're taking on this this role of caregiving. Pamela, I, I would I love your question. It's such a great question. And mm-hmm. you know, if I were to uh, give a few short bullet points to someone just to think about, I think I'd say first and foremost, remember, you're not alone and to ask for help. Um, so often we fail to ask for help, whether we feel like we're putting a burden on others or not, um, but ask for help. That's really important to not try and go it alone. The second point I would make is you're going to do the best you can. Is it always going to be perfect? No, nothing we all do in our lives every day is perfect. Don't be so hard on yourself and trust, trust in the Lord. That's the third point, you know, trust in the Lord, turn to the Lord, voice out loud, voice in prayer, your needs, ask for those needs. And then the last thing is, you know, there's, there's the old adage, just take one day at a time. And, and I, I ascribe to that. Some days it's take one minute at a time, (laughs) you know, and it's truly just navigate one minute, one day at a time. Uh, I know you said, you know, um, find out resources. Where exactly do you find help from? And I know this is not part of the list, but it just came up like, where do you find help from? Um, do you go to your church? Do you do you just openly ask people? What do you exactly do? So I'll I'll start out and Kelly jump on in, you know, um, when what I do first and foremost, I'm I'm currently caring for my mother, is I'll ask siblings. I have a brother, but you know, oftentimes I'm turning to neighbors. Don't be afraid to ask a neighbor for help or support. Um, The other place is church. And uh, we're very blessed to have a very vibrant church community. And, you know, even in a small rural town where my mother lives, there's always someone who's willing to come, willing to help, whether it's a drive that's needed to take her somewhere or whether it's food that's needed when I can't be there. Mm -hmm. Um, Another place to turn for help is to get in touch with your loved one's physician. Mm -hmm. Um, They have people like social workers and other resources that they can tap on the shoulder Mm -hmm. to work for you as part of your team to help you identify community resources, for example. Mm -hmm. And the other piece that I would only add to that is not so much where to go, but just recognize sometimes you need to divide bigger asks into smaller pieces so that it makes it a little bit easier to ask people, especially the neighbors or the people from church. Um, and as and Deb did mention the your care team, you know, your doctors and nurses, and that's, a, I think, a really important resource that people often overlook. Yeah. So what are the three things that people can spiritually do, caregivers can do to strengthen their own faith because as they're going through this journey and they find that, you know, this is taking longer and longer and longer than they thought and usually recovery or not recovery can can sometimes be like that. 
um, it's it's like there's no end in sight. So what are the three things that people can spiritually do to strengthen themselves, their own faith when it's bleak? I'll offer one very, very quick thing that I do often. Uh, and it doesn't take very long. Um, it It's focused on letting the Holy Spirit guide you. And I, it, Kelly and I call it taking a spa moment. And it's stop, pray, and act. Mm-hmm. And so often we get caught in this like tornado yeah. of <laughs> activities that God can't enter into that without us first stopping, mm-hmm. praying, and then acting. I'll mm-hmm. offer the first one up. Kelly? <laughs> and then I was going to say the other one that comes to mind is, um, you know, think about what are some of your spiritual rituals that enliven you. Um, let me give an example. Music for example, is a beautiful way to pray. And we may not even think of it as praying necessarily, but it is it is a beautiful way to pray. So, you know, I'll use music as the example. Fill your days with music and allow that, you know, allow the Lord to speak through your music as a way to refresh you and, and uplift you, but also to remember to put yourself um, in the Lord's presence as you're going about your day. And, and that's the beautiful thing about, say, music is that you can incorporate that all through your day. So you're really praying all the way through your day. So that would be the second suggestion. And I'll offer, you asked for three. So a a third suggestion for me, um, I, I love to put myself in nature and nature for me helps me to open up, um, to my five senses. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think oftentimes I experience the holy presence of the Lord through, my senses and being being in touch and in tune with seeing things, hearing things, smells that are familiar that can take me to memories that maybe um, I really need to feel at the time. And then also that quiet solitude is, is a perfect opportunity to pray when I'm in nature. You've mentioned this before also that we cannot do everything on our own, right? And you also mentioned um, getting into music, getting into prayer, but on the the side of the the practical side of it, when you are spending that time in prayer, um, how do you draw the extra strength from Jesus, who is our source and summit for everything? How do we actually draw from him and, and get stronger when we are weak? <laughs> I think that's just acknowledging that, recognizing that is God is God and we are not. Um, <laughs> and that sometimes we just, as Deb said earlier, we do the best that we can. Um, and then we have to just sort of turn it over to the Lord and just say, you know, it, it, Jesus, this is yours and help me to be the vessel. And I lay it at your feet. Um, I'm a little bit of a type of person who worries a lot. Mm-hmm. So that is um, easier said than done a little bit to me. And, and oftentimes, um, you know, just being able to visualize this is my concern, Lord, and I am you know, visualizing, I am putting it at your feet. I'm putting it in a box and I'm putting it at your feet and, and here you go, Lord. Um, and, and really allowing that prayer to continually turn over my worries and my concerns to the Lord. Um, the big ones and the small ones, um, because he doesn't, um, you know, he, he is the Lord of our life. As you said, Pamela, and he does not need us perfect. And it's okay to give him all the messiness of our lives. And as we caregivers know, there is plenty of messy in our lives. Yeah. Um, and that's okay with him. Um, that's okay. 
I also like to look at scripture and the the stories that we have of how Christ lived, what he modeled for us. So practically speaking, you know, um, recall in scripture where people are literally trying to touch him, grab him, asking for more and more, more miracles, more of everything. Yet Jesus said, no, not now. And he went and he went up to the mountain and he rested. And I, I look at those examples that Jesus gave through his own actions that are documented for us in, in, in Holy Scripture as giving me permission, giving me permission to do the very same for me. And that's just one example. There are so many that Jesus models for us, practically speaking, ways in which we can also care for ourselves. And Deb, as you were talking that, and we've been talking about asking for help. And I think Jesus gives us another model too, in that he had 12 helpers, didn't he? The 12 disciples. And so Jesus gives us a great model for, because I think it's hard for us as caregivers to ask for help or to receive help. And um, again, as as you talked about, Deb, he gives us these models for us. and, And I think his disciples are certainly a model for us in terms of being able to, you know, call that community around us as we need to. Oh, and Kelly, what what I find to be what what made that come to truth for me too is you know where scripturally I, I sometimes get frustrated. I've I've become frustrated where I have been seeking help or I have been trying to get a listening ear and I'm not receiving that, and that can be very frustrating for a caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, yet in the Bible, what did Jesus do when he ran into that situation? Well, he left the town where the people were not going to listen to him. And he wiped the dust from his, the sand from his sandals. And that's an important lesson for us as caregivers, I believe, at least it has been for me to do the same at some point, you know, recognize and then walk away and go look elsewhere. Yeah. Great point. And I think a lot of caregivers also have these emotions. Like if, if, if they're resting, they feel guilty or, you know, it, it just happens. You think, oh, maybe I rested too much or I've, I've taken a nap too long or I I didn't do this because, um, you know, I didn't go to the pharmacy because I needed to do, you know, something else. And, and they're wrestling with all of these other emotions on the side as well as caregiving. They are. We are. I am. <laughs> um, it is. It is. First, first of all, I mean, what you've said is so important, Pamela. It, it affects every one of us and we all react at some point or another, we're human with guilt or shame or feeling like, oh, you know, I, at the end of the day, oh, all the things I didn't do. And and you can worry about that and you can feel guilty about it or, or you can acknowledge it, get it out and then say, but I will start tomorrow with a fresh day and do the best I can. No, I was just going to say, and I think it's important to remember too, you know, guilt is something that we struggle with and and guilt and shame is never going to come to the Lord. We're come from the Lord. We're going to get some promptings and some urgings, but those are not going to come in the form of guilt and shame. And, mm-hmm. and um, I really think that that's important for everybody, but especially caregivers to hear because um, there is a lot of decisions that need to be made or, um, you know, you get it so exhausted sometimes or whatever it is, but um, those feelings of of guilt and shame are not from the Lord. Um, And don't, don't let anybody tell you differently, I guess. So what last bit of advice can you give for those who are struggling with caregiving right now? You know, they are at rock bottom, they're frustrated, they're tired, they're fed up. Um, Any examples from your own life as well? I mean, any advice that you can give them? There's times, and I know this, this may sound counterintuitive, but there are times where I have literally 
put myself in a quiet space, walked away, remove myself from whatever situation it was. Um, I can, for example, share with you, I just recently um, returned. I, I'm a remote caregiver. So three hours away lives my mother who's 89 years old. And uh, we, you know, we sometimes ha have a conflict in terms of what her independent streak and, and mine don't see eye to eye necessarily in a situation where that happens in families or amongst, you know, people. And what I'll do, because I want to honor and respect my mother, um, I will, I will walk away and I will put myself in a different location in the same house, but in a different room for a moment to just kind of collect myself and maybe reflect back on the honor and privilege that it is to be a caregiver, that it's like Kelly said earlier, and even you, Pamela, it's, you're not going to be perfect. And just take that few minutes to take a deep breath and then return and sort of reframe your lens, reframe the situation and try to look at it through the heart and lens of Christ and, and the love that comes with it. Um, that's one piece of advice I'd offer. And then even um, just kind of to build on that a little bit, maybe even before it gets to that point where you need to send yourself into a timeout <laughs> um, <laughs> is to, uh, you know, schedule some breaks for yourself, recognize that it's, it's not selfish to take care of yourself um, that really in the long run, the person that you're caring for will get better care. So go ahead and schedule some breaks for yourself, you know, put them on your calendar or whatever it is that you need to do in order to, you know, make sure that you honor them, but go ahead and, and anticipate that you need breaks. Um, because, you know, like Deb talked about, Jesus took breaks. He went up to the mountain to pray. Um, he knew that he needed to be, um, in close communion with, with God, his father and, and recognize that we need to do that too. And to sort of schedule those breaks, you know, put your boundaries around you a little bit and care for yourself. And I would also advocate for reaching out to others. There are many support groups that are out there um, in many formats. Uh, we at Nourish for Caregivers, we have both online and uh, private community groups where you can come and you can meet up with other caregivers. Sometimes it helps just to be heard, to be able to share what's going on, just to vent, mm -hmm. to let it out, to have others who also walk in similar paths as you to say yes and affirm you. So seek out support from others and, mm -hmm. and from your faith community as well. Um, that's so important. And just one last question. I mean, um, are there any red flags to identify when the caregiver itself needs caregiving? Because at some point, you know, um, you need psychological help or what are those signs that somebody is floundering and needs help and needs to reach out to somebody ASAP? So I wish I would have noticed in my own self earlier, um, my depression. And so some of the early warning signs are your sleep habits all of a sudden just dramatically change mm -hmm. or your eating habits dramatically change in either direction. Mm -hmm. um, not wanting to get out of bed, not feeling that you have a purpose anymore. Um, those are, those are signs that there's something really amiss. The other thing is feeling sick, feeling that tired and sick feeling um, for myself. I know had I, had I really kept a better check on that, I might've noticed a little bit earlier, um, if you're isolating and you are truly not allowing yourself to be around other people, those are things that should catch your attention right away. And again, just 
kind of in anticipation of that, be sure that you are continuing to keep up with your own annual well visits um, and make sure like your primary care physician knows that you're a caregiver. Those are, you know, just things like that are important for your health um, to maintain your own well-being that way, but also making sure that your doctor does know that you're a caregiver because that's a big deal um, for the reasons that Deb just talked about. All right. So do you have anything else that you want to add? Because I'm done with my questions, but uh, do you have any last bits of advice, any one word or one line, sorry, one line statements to make to caregivers? I would really just say, um, you know, thank you caregivers. Thank you to caregivers. Um, you are a tremendous blessing to the person that you care for, even on the times that it doesn't feel like it, but that you are, you know, you really are God's hands and feet to them. You are the beacon of light and hope for them. Um, and thank you. Thank you for stepping into your caregiving role. And I would, I would piggyback Kelly on what you just said, which is, while though it may feel like a drudgery at times, remember, you are an extension of Christ to your loved one. And remember that amidst it all, it's truly a loving, holy encounter and a very sacred journey that you're walking together with your loved one. Wow, that's really great. Um, so if anybody wants to catch you guys online, or they want you know, um, resources, or they even want to find your book, The Caregiver's Companion, where should they find you? And how can they get in touch with you? Our website is www.nourishforcaregivers.com. And we actually have, we just launched an individual caregiver membership. It's free. And you can come and get all of our resources. It's right there on our website. And Kelly, and you, you want to share where we can find our book? That's what I was going to say. You can find a link to the book on our website, um, though it's probably easier to go uh, uh, through our publisher, Ave Maria Press, or through Amazon, um, The Caregiver Companion, A Christ-Centered Journey to Nourish Your Soul by Deb Kelsey Davis and Kelly Johnson. Great. That's fantastic. So thank you, Deborah and Kelly, for joining us today and for talking to us about caregiving and all the ups and downs that are that come along with it. Um, thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. Mm -hmm.